This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm your other sometimes co-host, although not so much lately, Matt yeah. Galena. Welcome back. Yeah, you know what? I feel like Melissa's really kept the chair warm here, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to be back. Yeah, no, we're glad to have you back. And we just got off a call with John Switzer from Impact Commercial Talk in Bank of Canada interest rate increases yeah. with some with with some good news. Yeah, so we, 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 we talk about this on the interview there, but we'll, we'll lay the groundwork for the listeners here. So this was an emergency episode. Right. So we, ha- <laughs> we had a guest lined up for today that we had to bump into next year, and he was very graceful about it. I was with John at the Impact Commercial Christmas event on Tuesday. You were there as well. I was, yeah, and, hovering and, behind. And, uh, and uh, we're talking about bond yields and interest rates, and John caught me off guard with what he said, and I'm like, John, we need to, we need to have you on Friday. We need to tell the listeners what's happening. So this we, is an emergency. This is an emergency episode. So we bumped the guest who was joining us today that we'll have back in January. And we got John on and it's, it's a great episode. And, and it is, and I think John mentions this at the end, which I didn't know about. You actually lured him back on yeah. by telling him that it was only going to be a five minute call. So, so yeah. So when he told me this on, on, what is this? We record these on Friday. He told me this on Tuesday at yeah. the impact event. And I was like, John, we need you for five minutes. I just need you for five minutes on Friday. That we had to tell everyone what was going on. So then I saw we saw John on on Tuesday. We saw John on Wednesday. Last <laughs> night at the William Wright Christmas party, he was he was he was loving life. He was festive. He was he thought he, he only enjoying, had a five minute call tomorrow. He was enjoying his beverage. I warned him three times. Don't lose your voice tonight. I need you tomorrow <laughs> for five minutes. We get John on the call today. Four, Forty four minutes, minutes later, we let him go. <laughs> no, it was, and this is a great episode. Honestly, this is this is the last one of the year. Yeah, I feel like this is such a a nice exclamation point on, on the year of 2022. But before we get to John Corey, you already kind of mentioned it's been a busy week for, for Christmas parties. It's been a busy week. A lot, a lot of handshakes. Yeah. A lot of catching up, a lot of optimism. A lot of people are very excited for 2023. So it was uh it was a good time. And uh, yeah, so we're, you know, looking forward to the holidays, but I mean, it's going to be an amazing 2023. I, you know what? I've, I've heard that more than once. I think people are, uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel here. Uh, that's for sure. And also one last thing, Corey, you know, you're usually the best dressed guy in the room and I think you still are. Uh, but blue jeans, I don't know if I've ever yeah. seen you in a yeah. pair of blue jeans. And I'm not talking like people saying blue jeans and they're kind of dark. These are like blue, blue jeans. Yeah. These yes. are Wranglers. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, so, so, so yeah, we ate a lot of food last night. That's part, it's part of the reason dress pants are really tight right now. Um, but, but here's the scenario. Like, how does this play out? Maybe, maybe if the listeners heard this, feel free to send us an email. How does this play out? So I, I bought a pair of jeans, right? Okay, and and okay. they kind of like, they measure them up for you and they hem them. Yeah. And so I, 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 I don't try them on. Right. I wake up this morning, right? I'm still, I'm chasing kids around, taking the dog out, you know, doing all that stuff. So I'm not really focused on what I'm wearing. I get to the office. 
my jeans, I think, are two inches too short. So what happens in a scenario where you've bought new jeans, yeah. you've never worn them, and they, you feel they've hemmed them too short? Do you, can you take them back? Well, you'll have to go back to Mark's Work Warehouse and yeah. find out. I don't know. I got, uh, I, so yeah. So I, I, do, I was walking around the office and I'm like, Wait, where's the flood? Where's the flood? And where's the, where's the bottom two inches of my jeans? So I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I've got jean shorts waiting to happen for summertime or if I take my jeans back, I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm allowed to do at this point. This is uh, They'll probably blame me and say, no, no, you said it was fine, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I probably did. I'm sure. Just didn't, <laughs> so, yeah. Happy holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe with that, we'll cut to our talk with John Switzer. Uh, seriously, great conversation. Excellent. And episode. also, I asked a question where Corey, you gave away some secrets. That's near the end. Uh, but this is some. This is good listening. So, investing secrets with John and Corey. Uh, great way to end the year. Enjoy, guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Alan, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. All right, we're here with John Switzer, partner at Impact Commercial Group. How you doing, John? Uh, doing okay, guys, after uh, three consecutive Christmas parties, but um, hanging in there and always appreciate the opportunity to chat with you guys. You held it down at the William Wright Christmas Christmas party last night, uh, by the sounds of things. I did. I was one of the uh, late survivors, so I guess I'm proud of that. But <laughs> for reference for our listeners, John, before we hear all, you know, let our guests know more about you. So we are at the Impact Commercial Christmas event on we were, Tuesday. We record these on Fridays. Wednesday night, we had the William Wright Commercial Client Christmas Celebration, which we absolutely jammed people into. Uh, the banter room in Yale Town, which they did a great job. Like we jammed people in like sardines. There were so many people there. The fire marshal came down. Um, you know, the banter room <laughs> wouldn't be open anymore. And then last night we had our William Wright commercial staff Christmas party where we bring in all the offices together. And John, you can deny this, but I think you were the first one on the dance floor last night. Were you not? I did not. No, okay. First one, last man standing. standing. <laughs> all right, John. You can don't you maybe... want to see me out there, so. <laughs> John. For all of our listeners who haven't heard you because you've been on the podcast lots, can you maybe tell your guests a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was uh, one of the call it original three of Impact Commercial. Not technically a uh, a founder, but I've been around since the early days. Prior to that, I was involved in the financial side of things, brokerage side as well, but more dealing with stocks and bonds. Uh, so uh, lots of sort of uh, wide breadth of experience in, in a number of markets, which I think is, is helpful for, for me and for uh, you know the guys here in times like these. Just we, we have a lot of good input that we all bring from different backgrounds. So um yeah, best uh, move of my life coming over to the uh, real estate side and 
you know, just like everyone else, kind of ended up here uh, seemingly by accident and, and loving every minute of it. So that's that's it in a nutshell. So, John, I, I want to just put out, uh, let everyone know why we're having you on here today. So we had we had a guest for this week that we actually had to bump them. That's the emergency podcast we're having here. <laughs> At the Impact commercial event, we were talking about, this time it was the, the BOC, the Bank of Canada, had not had their meeting yet for December 7th. We didn't, rates hadn't moved up just yet. Me and you were talking about interest rates. We're talking about what 2023 looks like. And you delivered me some very shocking news. And after our brief conversation, I pretty much said, you're coming on the podcast Friday. Clear your schedule. We need to talk about this. This is the best news since in all of 2022, real estate related. <laughs> John, can you maybe shed a little bit of light on what you sort of described to me was happening with interest rates? Yeah, for sure. So I think... I think you just sort of asked me how I was feeling about things and, and you were surprised at my, my optimism. So there's a, one of the things is we, we do send out a, a regular newsletter. It's a, it's just a free publication we put out to anyone who wants to listen to it and, or sorry, to uh, receive it. So any of your listeners want to receive that, just, just reach out to me uh, on our website and let me know. But in our most recent version, I, I just made it a bit of a light holiday version and talked about only one uh, aspect that's going on right now, or a trend, call it, which is the divergence between technically uh, variable rates and fixed rates that nobody's really talking about and can't blame people for focusing on on the media, um, you know, guidance on everything, which is always just focused on what's the Bank of Canada doing. So one of the things I've been talking to my clients about, and we all have here at Impact, pretty much since they started raising rates, is that the bond market is what determines fixed interest rates or, and mortgage rates, and the uh, Bank of Canada is driving variable rates. So this is a very sort of misunderstood aspect of, of I think what's going on right now. So to give you, to put a little more perspective on it back in October, uh, we had the government of Canada bond yields were just under 4% and the bank of Canada overnight rate was at 3.25%. Since that time, the Bank of Canada overnight rate has gone up a full percent to 4.25%. And the Government of Canada bond yield has come off from just under 4% to just under 3% this week. So since October, we've had basically a 1% move down for the bond yield, which again drives those those fixed mortgage rates. So for us, this is really important. And the chart that I shared in the in the newsletter shows that this is not an uncommon occurrence for the bond market, which is also referred to as the smart money for a very good reason. It's usually 18 to 24 months before a change of direction at the Bank of Canada. The bond market is way ahead of the game predicting that move. And you can see these clear tops and bottoms, like probably an average of about two years before a major Bank of Canada policy shift. So that's what we're seeing now. And that's really, in a nutshell, is the bond yield has made up its mind of where the market's heading. And um, we believe that this is going to basically lead to a situation where we've got 
you know, lower cost of capital next year, hopefully in the spring when it comes to fixed rates, coupled with discounts in the real estate market, which is which are already there. And, you know, if you get a little bit of, of more stability and you get some of people's fears being alleviated, that's what creates market bottoms. So if if I had to make a prediction, obviously in this environment it's a dangerous game, but I would say, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see in the spring the the tide really turns and sentiment picks up and there's some, you know, cheaper money out there to uh, take advantage of, of some of these good deals. So, John, can we just sort of unpack that a little bit there for the for for us there? So we have the the Bank of Canada overnight posted rate, and that's currently at four point two five percent. That was 3.75% on December 6th. And then the BOC had their meeting. They raised it 50 basis points to 4.25%. So that there dictates the variable rate. But the bond market is what people should be following if they're looking more for fixed rates. Exactly. So if you want to even, you know, relate it a bit more to what we see day to day in the market is investors and owner users in the commercial space are going to be should be much more focused on what is the government of Canada bond yield up to. And then you've got, you know, anybody that's at the mercy of variable rates. So that's, you know, a lot of land financing, um, pretty much all construction financing or all, I would say 100% of construction financing is is on a variable rate, you know. So, at least for the for the average you know person out there. So, that's what we're seeing is that there's there's continued pain in that variable rate space. You know, the alternative lending space. We, we've probably got you know at least kind of a year of at least uh, at least no action from the Bank of Canada. If if this is in fact the top then you know that pain might be there for another year but but for those investors and owner users you know we do expect to see honestly significantly lower fixed interest rates in the next 12 months so john can we talk a little bit about how that translates to to what fixed rates look like so we were at just hovering around 4% back in october uh, for the the bond yield as i understand we're now down a percent do we continue to see that yield decline over the course of this next year? And can you talk about what that translates to in, in terms of fixed rates for mortgage or for borrowers? No, I'm I'm really glad you asked that. You're keeping me on track because I there's a, a bunch of other stuff going on right now too that's that's affecting the rates that uh, that people are being quoted in the market. So I would say the next biggest factor is is lender spreads. And to quickly answer your question, the rates we're being quoted really haven't haven't changed yet since October. We're we're kind of still in that six and a half percent range. So, you know, on a, on an average commercial uh, uh, one to two year interest rate, we're at about six and a half percent. So what's happened is as that bond yield has fallen, lender spreads are just widening. So they're not actually passing on any of that call it discount to end users. But but that's a temporary thing. You know, pretty much in all uh market cycles like this, you have you have stubbornness on the part of of lenders in a in a tough environment to to hand hand over that discount to the end user. So 
as time passes, as the bank starts to, you know, the Bank of Canada starts to be more uh, certain in its wording that that it's not raising rates anymore, you, you start to get some competition coming back in from the lenders, and that simply translates to those unusually wide lender spreads coming back in. So if we get a little bit of that, say, lender spreads come down from, you know, 350 basis points to 250 basis points, which is not a big stretch over a matter of months, then right there without anything else happening in the market, we have fixed rates that are 1% below where they are today. So if I'm if I'm a, a consumer out there and I'm watching the bond market fall, and let's just say hypothetically it falls 100 basis points, would I be able to sort of draw some conclusions that that the bank rates at some point might fall equal to that 100 basis points? Yeah, and you know what? If not more, because we are seeing this uh, this heightened lender lender spread environment. So, in in market in times of uncertainty, lenders are going to tack on a, a risk premium for the average buyer. Like if you're a tier one developer and you know you've got you've got a billion dollars in in uh, equity in your projects, like you might still get some pretty some pretty enticing interest rates, but let's just focus on, you know, the, the average person uh, buying their third or fourth building as an investment, they are going to be subject to, to these heightened lender spreads and, you know, interchangeable with lender risk premium. They just don't want to get involved unless they're getting paid quite well for it. So when you get more certainty in the market, and everyone sort of starts to agree that we're near maybe a market bottom in, in uh, asset prices. And again, you get these um, lower costs of capital at the lenders. When they want to start lending again, that's when you're going to see those spreads come down because they've got you know a lot of profit built in right now. And when they, they've got a lot of room to get more competitive to sharpen their pencils, basically. John, uh, I'm just I'm literally looking at the chart you sent out earlier this week, and and it, this is a great newsletter uh, that Impact Commercial and and you're the author of it, so so kudos to you. But yeah, Thanks. great great newsletter. Somebody out there is wondering why the bond market is so good at telegraphing uh, future central bank actions. Can you talk a little bit about why that money is so smart, as you said? Yeah. So. I think I mentioned in here, um, you know, the, the bond market largely flies under the radar. It's kind of it's kind of the boring publicly traded market out there, and and most people don't need to understand it in their day to day dealings. Whereas the stock market is kind of you know the it's the sexy money that everybody everybody and their grandpa is watching uh, on a daily basis. So, but the bond market is actually twice the size of the stock market. So. It's a huge market. It's highly efficient, and it's it's sort of um, controlled isn't the right word, but it's it's guided by you know the the smartest money out there, the the large uh, the largest hedge funds, the pension plans. Like they're the ones that are that are making uh, that market that bond market move. So the reason they're so good at it is they know when the bank of Canada or any central bank makes a large move, like, like this is almost an unprecedented 4% interest rate 
within a year that the Bank of Canada has done, the, the guys trading the bond market know that that's going to have massive knock-on effects, you know, a couple years down the line. There's always a, a pretty big lag on any uh, major policy decision. So it, it's as simple as that. They they understand all those, all those knock-on effects that are going to trickle down through the economy and it's going to take time. But the bond market has the luxury of trading on a minute-to-minute basis. So it can price in these uh, these sort of fallouts right now, even though it's going to take maybe 18 months to play out. So if I'm looking to buy stuff and I'm I'm acquiring commercial real estate right now, from what I'm hearing here is if I had to take a mortgage out, even if it's higher interest, I guess, in a bridge scenario, I should be looking at penciling into my stack, my, my capital stack, high interest for probably about a year. Then I come back to you, John, and say, hey, I've restabilized the asset here. We're ready to go. Where's the market now? We're thinking this time next year, summer, interest rates are going to come off. That's my time. I want to sort of get into like maybe a, a three or a five year mortgage then. Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it. I, I would say it's the your your repositioning play in in that example is the sooner of the asset gets repositioned, you get some really strong, uh, you know, long term leases in there. Then we might say six months from now. Let's put you in a one-year fixed, and then see how things are looking. You know, in the middle of 2024. So that's kind of uh, how I would look at that. But yeah, anything anything we're putting people into now is, for me, anyways, it's maximum two years. So the only other thing I would just quickly touch on, and anyone listening is free to reach out for for more in-depth uh, chat on this. But we also have an inverted yield curve right now, so. That means, to put it in simple terms, I got a quote the other day from a major bank for uh, one to five year terms, and their one year term was 6.85%. Their five year term was 5.95%. So everything's flipped on its head right now. I don't want to put my client in in a one year term at 685 because that's, that's just punitive. Like That's too high. But I also don't want to put them in five years at 595 because of all the things that we've been talking about. So so we landed on, you know, a two-year at, I believe it was 6.36%. That, that today is kind of the sweet spot in my view. And just to, to spell it out for listeners, we're talking about how everything's flipped on its head there with the inverted yield curve. What does that actually suggest about where we're at, I guess, in the larger economy? Yeah. Um, so I, I think we all hear, you know, the, the rumblings of uh, recessions following inverted yield curves, and at pretty much any point in history, that that's been true. I think there's very few exceptions. There might be one exception in the last hundred years or something. So, um, and it, and it makes sense because what's happened is the central banks have artificially just jacked up the short end of the yield curve very quickly. And the basically, the market doesn't believe that that's here to stay. So you have way less volatility at the you know 20 and 30-year end of the curve. It, it kind of doesn't budge, but you've got this big bump up on the, on the short end of the curve, like this you know, one to three years is sitting above five years now. So, and then we have this steep drop down into... 10 years, if you can kind of picture that. So 
simply means when when ca- uh, capital costs go up that much that quickly, it's like taking. Uh, I've been saying to people, it's like the banks taking a taser to the economy, and they they know exactly what they're doing. They they probably should have acted earlier um, and done this more gradually. But uh, so you know, at, at least an impact. We believe they waited too long, and now they're playing catch up. So they had to take this drastic action that's that's just been uh you know i think everybody's feeling this it's pretty pretty much everybody you talk to is like man my variable rate mortgage is is not looking good these days and uh you know it's it's really reverberating throughout the the entire population right now i think so so john are you guys kind of of the opinion that that if we we do end up in this recession or we get pushed into the recession that we're going to see kind of like a hockey stick recovery because it's kind of like we've been forced into it it wasn't sort of like a worldly or international event that took place that that stalled the market like say like a 911 or even a meltdown of the financial markets are we are we looking at uh, you know a stall and then off we go again I I do think so um so it's definitely a manufactured recession. It's a policy-induced recession, not not some uh, you know catastrophe that that suddenly came upon us. So yeah, I think I think the central banks generally have a plan that they know we're heading into recession. There's going to be a point where they they are going to have to cut their overnight interest rates, and then I think, as I mentioned before, you have some depressed asset prices and all of a sudden we're back to uh, what looks like a cheaper cost of capital um, that can turn the ship around very quickly. And also I would just add to that, that depends where you live in Canada. Like I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if BC avoids a recession altogether. Main drivers of that being, you know, immigration and we're, we're just such a central uh, hub for logistics for a global supply chain. So yeah, I, I pretty much agree exactly with what you're saying. This is this is a bit of a artificial environment that we're in. Um, I would maybe be a bit careful about calling it a hockey stick because I don't know if we'll go back to the you know the heydays of GDP growth, but I think we'll just get back to a steady, more predictable environment, which is always uh, what you want as an as a long term investor. So maybe I'll put this question to both of you. Based on what I'm hearing, I'm still a little bit confused as to when the best time to buy commercial real estate, and maybe it depends on asset class, but are we thinking, take advantage of kind of a slower market right now? Is it six months from now? Is it pushing into early 2024? What are your thoughts on, on uh, with the caveat that you can't time the market, uh, yada, 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 John, how, how do we time the market here? Um, I, I do think it's a good time. Like, Please don't go and get anything under contract uh, between now and the end of the year. But um, but there's Whoops. always a, there's always <laughs> <laughs> Corey's That's frantically fine. texting. But, uh, no, but so there's there's a lag in real estate, right? And especially in commercial real estate, it, it it's like the Titanic. Everything happens very slowly. So if you're entering into contract on on a property on January fifteenth. You're probably not going to be closing on it until, uh, well, definitely, you know, March with conventional financing. So, so I we I am bullish on the spring. I I may regret that, but um, I I have you know I think some good reasons to be bullish. So, 
I think uh, I think it is the right time. I, I think if you wait another six months to to go and try to find a deal, you're going to find that the market got ahead of you a little bit, like you know, got in there before you. So uh, yeah, no, I do believe it's it's kind of upon us now. I, I will I will second that that John said there, and I think my view is on it, and I think a lot of people can't see past the forest or through the trees. And by that, I mean, they see this interest rate of seven, eight, nine, even 10% in commercial side of it, depending on where your money's coming from. And they just stop right there. But if I, let's say, take Kelowna as an example, which is a market that had a tremendous run up, cap rates got down to the 4% that were probably like five and a half percent, you know, 18 months earlier. Now, if I can get into that market at what I feel is a discount because of it, where now I'm say paying, just as an example, if an asset I wanted to buy Previously, I felt was maybe two and a half million, but now I can maybe find that same asset with the same potential upside for say 2.2 or 2.1. I'll gladly pay $40,000 or more interest to buy that if I believe the market will eventually try to build itself back to where it was versus guys will just get turned off right away at a 10% interest rate. They're going to walk away. If I can get that $2.5 million asset that I feel it's worth 2.5 at some point for 2.1, I'll pay $40,000 in interest. For me, I look at it as I'm paying 2.14 for the asset versus 2.1 because I have to, I'm building that number into my, into my cap stack. But then if I believe in that market or I have upside in the property such as lease rates or maybe I can add some value to it some way, somehow, that I feel it's going to get back to 2.5, 2.6, now's a great time to buy. And I think when you look at it historically, and I can't remember who it said it, the rich get richer in down markets versus up markets. And right now, when you might have people who have to sell potentially, or they might be looking just to say, you know what, I, I my time is done here. I need to move on for whatever reason. Maybe there's a mortgage break. Maybe there's a, a divorce coming or a partnership breakup. I think right now is an outstanding time to buy. And to your point earlier, don't get anything under contract right now. I'm pretty sure Al's probably swearing because I think I sent him something like two days ago. Like, hey, guess what we got? Uh, so... Uh, but, but I think it's a tremendous time to buy if you believe in the market you're going into. Because I think the mistake that people are yeah. making is in the lower mainland, we ran into what we called like regional cap rates, where traditionally before maybe a Vancouver would be like a three cap. And then maybe for argument's sake, Shellback would be like a five. During the height of the COVID money with no supply and free money, we almost saw like regional rates, cap rates, where Vancouver was like a three, but Chilliwack was like a 3.5. So there wasn't a big spread there. And I think people who are looking at, say, Chilliwack now, and again, this is just like completely hypothetical numbers. Maybe they're looking at something like at a four and a half and they're like, oh, it's going to go back to a three in Chilliwack. I don't think we're going to get back to those numbers anytime in the near future that aggressively because the BOC overnight posted rate, I think at that time was what, 0.25%. That money was like almost free. And there's a lot of common things out there that people forget that potentially had a big impact on a lot of things such as luxury watches, luxury cars, real estate, things like crypto, that people were literally playing with free money at that point because they bought Bitcoin at like, you know, a thousand bucks a coin and they're flipping it at 60,000 in the peak. There were so many external factors there that I think helped drive that market. So I think you have to look at it on a, from a very realistic standpoint that if you believe in the market you're going into and you think the cap rate will eventually improve itself again, now's a great time to buy. If you think you're going to hit record-setting cap rates that we went through, you mean six months ago, eight months ago, if then your numbers have to hit those numbers in order for it to work, I would maybe sort of maybe you know back off a little bit because I don't really think that you're going to see the cap rates get that aggressive. Like overall, 
overall. Some markets, I think, yeah. will definitely get back to it, but overall. So, and maybe I'll put this to yeah. both of you based on what I'm hearing from Corey. In the lower mainland, we saw kind of a flattening out of of cap rates. And it sounds like at least Corey doesn't think that we're going back to that kind of where Vancouver and Chilliwack have similar cap rates. Where are the where are the exciting markets? It sounds like, Corey, you're putting pen to paper on a weekly basis right now on properties around <laughs> <laughs> whether, uh, whether John knows you are yet or not. Um, but but where where do these cap rates still look exciting, I guess? Uh, maybe starting with Corey and then, and then curious to hear your thoughts, John. So I'm a big believer in the secondary and tertiary markets in BC. And I think when you look at it, I think COVID put an emphasis on this more so than it did before because now people can work in I mean, different places. They can work remotely. There's hybrid work models. And I think if you take a spot like Nanaimo, for example, which there it sounds like, and I can't, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to happen. Um, but the fast ferry coming out of Nanaimo, which, which I, I believe they're talking 2023, but in essence, the gist of it is there'll be a fast ferry. I don't think it's cars though, but I think you can walk on the ferry in downtown Nanaimo and get to downtown Vancouver in like 50 minutes. It takes me an hour and 15 to drive from Coquitlam to Vancouver every day. So I think when you look at stuff like that, where people can get affordability there, you've got tremendous upside. And I think even right now too, because not all lenders and John, you'll know this better than I will. I don't think a lot of lenders are excited to go into maybe some of these secondary or tertiary markets like they were a year ago, because you mean population growth, obviously, although it was good, it's still a smaller market. You might be able to get some really, really good deals in these areas that I think will come back around and you fast forward 24 months, you'll be the smartest guy in the room. Because I think you got to look at it from lease rates in industrial in Nanaimo probably fall between like 13 and $16 a foot. And industrial lease rates, say in the lower mainland, probably go 18 to 20, 22. So there's not a huge delta there anymore in, in the discounts that people think they're getting. Like I'm going over the highest lease rate for all of industrial, I think last quarter was Vancouver Island. So when you look at these areas that, that you mean the Delta, there's no discount now where you're not paying 20 bucks a foot in Vancouver and you're going to Victoria for six, you're probably paying 22 in Vancouver and going to Victoria for 20. So when you look at those areas, if I can get a little bit better of a cap rate in those markets where I have a much, uh, much higher average uh, population growth right now, I'll take those deals all day long. And just, just to be clear, Corey, the, the flattening that we saw in the lower mainland and we saw that with price per square foot in residential as well, where it was yeah. kind of just totally flattened out. In these tertiary markets like Nanaimo, obviously the cap rates went down as well, yeah. but not to the same extent. Is that is that kind of what we're what we saw and so, what we're yeah, doing? cap rates definitely compressed. Like Kelowna as an example, I mean, you go back a year and a half ago, you could find stuff probably in the five to five and a half range, depending on where the asset was. And there were some deals that were getting done and appraisals that were getting done that were like at 4% cap rates. So that's a big spread. So, I mean, you have to know the markets you're going into because like this is where guys can, at the same point in time can get caught and burnt right. really, really quickly if they think that everything's just going to go up. But I think if you look in markets where you can get a higher cap rate within a marketplace where you still have a good run runway ahead with regards to lease rates, those are the way to go. And I guess uh, this, this, uh, this is either going to just completely spoil every property we try to buy moving forward because here's the secret. This is my thoughts. Okay, This is the internal thoughts. John will back me up because I think we've just stuffed impact with, with accepted offers. Like I think we have a closing. We closed yesterday on a property in Kelowna. I think we have a closing like every month now until springtime. Um, is If you look at it in Nanaimo, Kelowna, Kamloops, Victoria, 
you're going to probably run into a once in a generational opportunity to see a massive bump in rates. And if you look in Vancouver, Yale Town was a good example. Tenants who were maybe got into Yale Town, maybe in the 2010, 2011 area, and they signed a five-year lease deal, or maybe they got in like the 2007, 2006, and they signed a 10-year lease deal. Those guys were coming off of $30 a foot lease rates, $40 a foot lease rates, and getting $80 renewals. The $80 guy coming off of his five years getting an $85 renewal. So that huge, massive run-up has taken place. Mm -hmm. You now go look into markets like Kelowna and Kamloops, Victoria and Nanaimo. You're finding tenants that are currently sitting on like $8 and $9 lease rates that are getting renewed at $16 and $17. So although the numbers don't seem as as impactful as 40 to 80, the percentage is the same thing. (laughs) So... I mean, there's a, there's an opportunity in some of these markets where you're finding buildings that still have these legacy type lease rates in them. You can go grab them as long as you're buying them on current income. And by that, I mean, if the market's a five cap rate and you're buying a five cap rate building based on the $8 a tenant's paying, that's a buy. If you're buying it on a five cap rate based on the stabilized income of the $16 they might pay, John will be able to tell you this, most banks won't touch that. So if you can find something that has a, a market cap rate with below market lease rates, and you can find it in these markets where you've got going to have a very large turn of these assets, uh, you might find a once in a generational time to buy those where you're going to see that huge, massive bump. And I mean, properties that, that we've had clients do, they bought stuff at like $12 a foot for retail, like in Nanaimo, and they're renewing the tenants at 19 to 20. So there's that one time where you're seeing that massive spike, but those renewals are like $19, $19.25, $19.50 with escalation. So you're not going to, most likely, you're not going to see that massive bump again mm-hmm. in the next turn of the yeah. leases. So that's where I think the value sits if you can find it. And now that I told everyone my secret, we've just created competition for ourselves now <laughs> in all the markets we want to find property. Well, well, John, I'm curious to hear your thoughts and I'll preface it by saying, uh, Peter Leung, who's a good friend of the show has been on the show. The investorpreneur came on our show, yeah. the Vancouver real estate podcast and made the case that he sees his people, folks like you, John, as his most important partners, people that have the ability to go to lenders and see where the lenders are, are excited about or not. So where, what's going on in your mind? Do you agree with Corey? Is there some other areas you want to point to? Um, yeah, I guess to put the lenders spin on what Corey mentioned, and I think he asked, uh, you know, if lenders are still willing to lend in these secondary and tertiary markets, the answer is absolutely. But it just requires, you know, when you've got elevated real estate values and elevated interest rates, it requires a lot more money down. So, in that sense, it's actually a lower risk loan for the lender. If now in uh, in you know most parts of the lower mainland, you're having to put down around 60% down payment on the average conventional loan. So that's a lower risk scenario for the lenders, and they're getting paid well for it. And then it's a similar scenario when you, as you go out to the smaller communities, and they're getting paid, you know, even more handsomely for it. So the money is there, but they're just, they're pickier, right? They want to deal with the highest quality borrowers. They want the best properties in those communities. So the money is definitely there. It's just a little more fickle. And, um, and I think as we see 
uh, some of these rates start to come down next year. If 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 we're correct, then uh, then you're going to see the lenders get more competitive. And and honestly, I don't think it takes long to get back to kind of the heyday where um, where the money is flowing and and there's some deals to be had out there uh, because there is still a ton of money in the system. Like we're talking to our lenders and they're saying, yeah, we're uh, you know this isn't completely across the board, but the, the majority of lenders are saying we are we are looking to lend. We just want the right. Uh, it has to be the right fit, right? So, fantastic. Well, well, maybe we'll leave it there, John. Uh, but we do have the famous uh, end to the show, the holiday edition six pack, which probably brings you back to last night at the William Wright Christmas party. But you have time <laughs> have time to stick around for that. At the best of times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team, these are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right, John. So this is our as Matt. So this is our holiday edition. So you're the first one to get the holiday edition. Probably the only yeah, one. Maybe this, the last. This is the last episode <laughs> of the year. So, all right, John. Favorite holiday drink? Oh, uh, that's an easy one. Rum and eggnog. Oh, that's a good one. Classic. Good one. Uh, second yeah. question, and uh, this will put you in a bit of a bind. I think best holiday Christmas party you have been to in 2022. <laughs> Oh wow! Uh, you know, I, I honestly I haven't been to that many, so that that's an easy one too. I'm gonna say last night's uh, William Wright party. There you go. See, Hopefully, I was not listening. Yeah, well, <laughs> a close second, so we'll have an A and a B. We'll have an A and a B. All right, John. Yeah. Are you a holiday gingerbread cookie guy, or are you a holiday sugar cookie guy? Um, I'll go sugar. If uh, yeah, all the way sugar. All right, next one up. Favorite holiday vacation spot? Ooh, um, I'll be honest. I, I love being around here in the, at Christmas. Like I don't, I don't feel like being in the sun at Christmas time is uh, is very sort of festive. So I, I know that a lot of people love that, uh, you know, Mexico Christmas. But I like being here. I'd much rather go uh, out of town in in the fall. All right, John. Stay with the in laws. Favorite holiday album or song? Ooh. You can't uh, tell me. Or, or even artist. Or artist. Yeah. Like, like, John, you can't tell me it's not Mariah Carey. I saw it on your phone. But. Oh, well, that, you know, <laughs> it, it was floating around in there. It's, it, it's up there. I mean, it's very nostalgic, but uh, I like, um, I'm just going to go with the whole soundtrack of uh, Christmas Vacation. It's like incredibly oh, nostalgic. That's a good one. Oh. Every year yeah. I cross my fingers waiting for the holiday Nickelback album, but it <laughs> still hasn't come out there. So, but, but next year, Constant there's a chance for next year. Final question here for you, John, and we, we very much appreciate your time. I think this was a, this was a banger to go out this on. This is a good one. Uh, this is a good one. Favorite holiday meal. Favorite holiday meal. Um, let's just uh, stick to the classics here and I'll go with uh, turkey, mashed potatoes and stuffing. That's a good one. Good way to end it. All right, John, how can people, uh, first off, get on your email list, I think, which uh, most people will want to be doing, but uh, how can people find out more about what you're doing over at uh, Impact Commercial? 
Yeah, I think our website's a, a great way to go about that. I have a bit of a long email address, so you can uh, find me on the on the website and just uh, save my contact card and shoot me a quick note. I will add you to the list, and uh, you can find all of the uh, the great partners and uh, associate brokers and support staff on there as well at Impact. John, well, I think you, you survived four of four, so this is the fourth day now. We've we've had to. It had to mingle together. We had we had the Tuesday Christmas party. We had the Wednesday client party. We had the third the the Thursday staff party, and the Friday podcast. So we made it. Yeah, no, thanks for keeping it to ten minutes, like we discussed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I couldn't I couldn't tell you we're gonna hold you for the whole show. I had to I had to lure you in somehow. I'm like, oh, we need five minutes, John. Just five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know what, guys? It was it was very enjoyable as always, and uh, always good to to get the thoughts out there and hope that we're not too far off the mark. Right on. Thanks. Thanks again, John. Thanks, John. Take care. Okay, guys. Yeah. Happy holidays. You too. Bye-bye. Our interview with John Switzer, partner, Impact Commercial Group. Excellent episode to end the year. Absolutely. I have not been on the show in a couple of weeks and uh, man, what a, what a great episode to come back for. I feel like I learned a lot. I feel like I'm feeling even better about 2023. And uh, I I feel like I've been left out of a couple of your deals. Yeah. No, no. You're, you're, <laughs> on, the, you're on good deals. You got, you, you're on the good ones. You're on the good ones. So we have always good ones. Always good ones. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think you know, I mean, obviously we got, we got into the conversation there. And I think I got very passionate and just sort of said, hey. Here's how you do it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So we've created competition now for markets. We try to buy in. So now we're going to be paying a lot more for real estate. We just figured out. But, uh, but again, it's it's no secret we didn't reinvent the wheel, right? It's just it's just a strategy that tends to work if you believe in the markets you're going yeah. in. John echoes that with the lending standpoint. I think a lot of a lot of exciting stuff in 2023 is coming out. I think there is going to be a I don't want to say like a forced recession. I think John's in manufactured recession, which is a good one, but I think right. there'll definitely be a slowdown right. that we're going to have to deal with in the first quarter or two. So I think you have to be very cautious in what you're doing, right? Because the one thing too is, is people forget when there's slowdowns in the economy, that affects your tenants. And the person who always gets paid last is the landlord. And by that, I mean their suppliers get paid first because if they don't pay the suppliers, product doesn't show up. I mean, Justin Trudeau always gets paid when you're well ahead of it. Staff always get paid because if you don't pay your staff, no one shows up and then your business is done. Right. So the last person to get paid is the landlord. So when you go into these situations, you got to be very, very cautious that I mean, even a fully leased building is always exciting. But if you have businesses in there that are hit hard by the recession, I mean, you got to make sure you're in a financial position. You can you can carry these buildings because it, it won't be the first time and definitely won't be the last time that you're going to have tenants that are going to unfortunately bounce checks on you. Not even... No, not even an attempt to write a check. No EFTs coming in. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no e transfers. Or you mean they're calling and asking to hold checks, right? So you mean that's always the thing you have to be very cautious going into things. So all the stories sound exciting, but I mean, not every month all the rent comes in. Well, it's funny you say that you're creating competition by outlining how you're operating right now and where you see the opportunities. Because actually, the thing that I took away from that, and I would say. Uh, as well with what you just said, you know, with being cautious yeah. is, is building a good team and people that understand lease rates and where the market is, where the market's heading, where it was to, to see these, these spikes that you're talking about, as well as being able to advise on the types of tenants you should be looking for. And that comes down to 
professionals like yourself and professionals like John, right? Yeah. Because he's dealing with the lenders and the lenders have certain criteria they're looking for. Totally. So it's just, it's, it's really about building your team and establishing your goals and then, and then building that team. So when we talk about the strategy there, we talked a little bit about trying to go into some of these other markets. I can't stress enough how important it is to have a local professional. And when I say local, local isn't some guy from Vancouver calling up to Kelowna <laughs> to try to find your property. Local is someone who's in Kelowna, lives in Kelowna, works in Kelowna, boots on the ground. That knowledge is so important because like when you get into some of these secondary markets is, is the days, the, the vacancy rates are higher naturally, but the days on market for the vacancy rate can be a lot higher. So in Vancouver, we almost kind of get jaded where something comes for available for lease and there's, you know, tenants that are willing to jump on the space right away. You might go to Victoria and have a tenant leave and not even get an offer for three, six or sometimes nine months. So I mean, you got to be able to stomach this stuff and you also have to be, so that's why having a local professional in the market you're going into is the most important thing you can do. Fantastic. Well, maybe we'll leave it there, Corey. Uh, we should say we have a holiday greeting, I think next week lined yeah. up. We're taking the next week off, uh, next week or two off, Yeah. but we will be back at the start of 2023 with, uh, with more great Vancouver commercial real estate podcast content. Yeah. And you've lined up some bangers. Well, if you think the, if you're, if you're excited for the commercial real estate market in 2023, you haven't seen our, our list of, of guests. So yeah. that, that's even more exciting, more exciting in 2023. Fantastic. And if you're interested in combing the back catalog or getting in touch, you can always do so at Vancouver real estate podcast.com. We do have a new website, actually, that's, uh, I think it's launching on the 13th. Uh, I'm so, excited. So watch for that. I'm excited. Uh, but all the content and easier to navigate through the the regular podcast and the commercial podcast on the new site. Uh, that's all at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And Corey, how can people reach out and find out more about what you're doing at William Wright and maybe get invited to that client appreciation banger party uh, this last Wednesday next year. <laughs> they can uh, visit our website, WilliamWright.ca anytime. Sign up for the latest and greatest news. They can call our Vancouver office. 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for. We'll put you in touch with the best professional uh, anywhere in the province to help you service your needs. Or they can send me an email, Corey at WilliamWright.ca all the time. Uh, always love hearing from guests. Always love show ideas and all that stuff. So you know, also, reach out if you have time. any uh, jeans. Yeah, jeans yeah if, you, if you have any suggestions <laughs> when you picked up your jeans and they were two inches shorter than they thought they were supposed to be and you've already worn them, uh, <laughs> let me know how you dealt with it. <laughs> well, happy holidays, everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas uh, and all the best for the rest of the year. And we'll be back in 2023. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy holidays. Subscribe today.